The true origin of our country's native distilled libation is hazy at best. What we can say with some confidence is sometime around 1770, whiskey distillers in Kentucky started storing their spirits in charred wooden barrels. These hardworking farmers and businessmen were simply trying to make a living. What they did not know is that nearly a quarter of a century later, three of America's native sons would be inspired by their discovery to come together in discussion in an attempt to understand everything from the perplexing to the absurd. A symposium on discernment, if you will. This is an examination of life. Welcome to the Bourbon Chronicles. Sunday, everybody. Volume 16 of the Bourbon Chronicles. We're old enough to drive. We are old enough to drive. That's very true. That's very true. Uh, To the family that is huddled around the radio like you used to do for FDR's Fireside Chats, happy Sunday to you. Thank you for hanging on to your weekend a little bit longer with us. If you want to reach us during the show, send us an email to info at thebourbonchronicles.com. That's info at thebourbonchronicles.com. I doubt we'll check it, but send it anyway. Uh, you can also find us on the Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, or Carrier Pigeon, whatever you feel like. Uh, coming up, we're going to have the one and only David Cohen in the studio. He's the owner extraordinaire of Manifest Distillery in yes. our backyard. I guess that would be our front yard of Jacksonville, right? Yep. Uh, so we're excited about that. Nicole? Hi. What is your favorite day of the week? My favorite day of the week? Uh, I, I don't. If you don't say Sunday, then you don't like this show. <laughs> Sunday. There you go. <laughs> no, is it? It's not Sunday, is it? No, I don't know. I like Wednesdays for some reason. Husbands want to know. Day. Husbands want to know. Get your, get I don't your know. answer out. Th- and Thursday. I don't know. Wednesday or Thursday. Wow, I, top, I, I threw five. her off. Top five days of the week. I say my top five. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, what uh, are your top seven days of the week? <laughs> hey, what's in your kitchen today? Oh, we got Brussels sprouts roasted on the big green egg with uh, old St. Augustine daddle zest Mm. um, Mm. with a special ingredient as well with it. Nicole, my sound machine's not working. Oh, Jesus, don't turn that on. I didn't turn it on yet because I was afraid you were going to do it prematurely. (laughs) Don't turn it on. I don't think Jesus has anything to do with uh, his uh, iPad. He should. Hey, Alan, tell me about uh, the (laughs) issue with your air condition. Oh, my word. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you went nuclear. Wait, you went should, nuclear. It should, it, seconds it should be better. There now. is no issue now. Okay, good. There's, the issue is over. The issue is gone. The issue is 
I had to get a new air conditioner. So tell the story. I mean, so our houses are what twelve. Uh, 10 12 13 yeah, 14 I think we years figured old it out. ours is 12 years old and uh thanks to uh david nicole's incredible husband i have a brand new air conditioner that's good yeah. alan was not happy though yeah that was rough you I know was... and so, so mine went out at christmas and then so you're on the clock kelly yeah i know i'm not so all our houses were, were built right at the same time entire blocks going down man. <laughs> and you can follow the same path and, and text me and asked me what to do. You got it. I was, wor- I was worried. First that- person I texted was Nicole. <laughs> the first 24 Nicole, hours. Nicole, what do I do? My air conditioner quit working. The first 24 hours of your air being out is like you kind of cope. And then you get into the 48 and 72 hour. And I'm like, Alan's going to come blowing out the door with boxers on, ripping out trees, flipping over cars. He's going to yeah. be so angry. I'm glad I was away at TPC. But you maintained well. You went into hiding. Nobody saw you for about four days. It was it was nice at night. Uh, to be honest, it got it, it. That was a really cool weekend, if I remember right. It, and uh, yep. it went out on Wednesday night, Last and week. so I had to do without until mm-hmm. Tuesday the next week. Somebody's phone is on. Oh, that's yours. Uh, hey, you want to uh, tell us about the bourbon, sir? Um, sure. We're uh, so so. This is interesting. So the man that created this stuff is sitting right next to me, so I'm, I'm under a lot of pressure here. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Manifest Bourbon this week. We're actually going to talk about his whiskey project. Or, or actually, I'm going to talk about his whiskey pro- project. Bop, 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 We're going to talk about other stuff later. But so <laughs> we have here in studio the small batch, which is uh, 94 proof or 47% alcohol by volume. Uh, did I mention it's Manifest Distillers? A small batch bourbon. It is uh, aged 10 years. It's, uh, let's see, the price point's about, about 69 bucks, and that's it. It was right. created in Jacksonville, Florida. We're excited about that. I feel like that. I just stumbled through that. Yeah, I, I have I kept no idea what text. you Who well, was texting you so much? I feel like it's blowing up. You don't oh. want to give away all the stuff we're going to talk about in the next segment with David. No, Drew says don't. he yep. can't hear us, and there's no volume. Hmm. So, Nicole, can you fix that? So Uh-oh. if you can't hear us, feel free to email us at info at the Bourbon Chronicles. Oh, so now we have to start all all over? No. The good thing we have it recorded. <laughs> oh my god. Man, so I went through my whole intro. So, you did, but we're good because we have it recorded. Oh guys, so it's gonna be podcast. <laughs> oh my word. We love live this radio. Is the faux pas of live radio. <laughs> so but in I have the to, studio hold on, hold on, today. I have to say something. Okay. Sixteen volumes. And this is the first time. Okay. All right. So, so volume 16. So for those of you that just joined us in progress. <laughs> Welcome to the Bourbon Chronicles. Welcome to the, Welcome Bourbon, to Chronicles. the Bourbon Chronicles. This is Happy volume, Sunday. Happy Sunday, everybody. This is volume 16. Um, <laughs> hey, things happen, right? Do yeah. you want to tell us about the uh, the bourbon again? Once again, I'll go through this really fast. Manifest Bourbon created in Jacksonville. We're doing the small batch, 94 proof, 100 or 47% alcohol by volume, 10 years old. And $69. So for those of you all that missed the first six minutes Nicole's of the show, it's Nicole's fault, but you have to listen to the podcast because that's right. what is that's, the magic that's radio. Matters. Nicole is a work in progress, people. <gasps> all right. So I want to want to talk a, a little. You want to say something? Alan, how's your air conditioning? Does it? <laughs> <laughs> Did it go out this week or is it warm? Hey, it's, I, uh, it's I, better. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, my week last week at TPC. Oh, yeah. So I volunteer. It was a man. I think I counted up. It was about 125 hours uh, during last week. Um, 
volunteering at the Players' Championship, and it's something I've done. This is my eighth year doing it, and I'm trying to move up the ranks. Um, and, and, you know, so I'm getting moved around different places. So this, this year I was uh, over the golf carts. Uh, which we had about 230 different golf or 230 golf carts that I was uh, that I was in charge of. So, um, but we were talking last night about the most interesting thing that's ever happened to me while volunteering. Well, yeah. well, this year uh, Rattlesnake got in on one of the um, the hospitality tents. And so that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, so what happened there? So there were people a security around, guard. Uh, well, it was before everyone got there. Thank goodness. So a security guard just just walks. He was like, "Oh, a rattlesnake! I'll take care of that." And walks up the stairs and just grabs a rattlesnake and you know takes it away. Just tossed it right out. Yep. That's what you get in Jacksonville, buddy. There's a whole <laughs> bunch of rattlesnake wranglers just walking around in plain clothes. I think the, he was in a security guard outfit. Though, well, so. our security guard outfit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. True. Um, I think the the funniest or just most disturbing thing that's happened when I was out there is uh, a, uh, a, a we'll just say an NFL quarterback mm. uh, was at one of the big hospitality tents is the benefactor tent, which is right behind 17 T box. Right. Um, and that's, that's kind of the hot ticket to get everybody. Everybody wants to go there and it has three levels. And on the top level, they have a DJ um, and an NFL quarterback was flirting with the DJ and had a little one too many to, to, to drinks, one too many bourbons. Right. But on the back end, they are, there DJ, are... DJ was a female? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's... No, if you're good. breaking some news here <laughs> <laughs> for the NFL. Hey. Breaking news. All right, breaking news. Um, so the stairs in the back mm-hmm. um, were was only for people that work there because they're, they're kind of steep and someone could fall down. So he wanted to go through the back stairs, um, and uh, we wouldn't let him because patrons go through the front. So he took his glass of alcohol and threw it against the wall of the benefactor tent. Wow. And his entourage had to settle him down, and you know, it, they ended up escorting him out. But that was a pretty interesting thing that happened. Yeah. Hmm. Hopefully, hopefully it didn't um, just jeopardize your, all your years of service. To the <laughs> yeah, I don't think that was – that's not confidential. I just think it's fascinating. When you get – so we, we showed up on Sunday to go walk around for a few hours, and here Hamilton pulls up in his cart, hop on the back. So you're you're zooming through all of these back roads and back you know courses and stuff. You helped us get to a certain place. So the behind the scenes logistics of everything that goes on to make that tournament happen. It's crazy, fascinating. Man. It yeah. is such a and huge. So, tournament. How many volunteers is it? That uh, make that? Just uh, right over to like twenty two hundred volunteers. Yeah. So all and here's the reason why they do it is that all the money that they would pay people. Mm-hmm. So if they paid someone to to over the golf carts like I was this year, or if they pay someone to, to run the benefactor 10 or whatever, right. um, they take that money. So volunteers donate their time and mm-hmm. they take that money and they give it to local charities. So last year alone, uh, the players raised $8.5 million for 300 local charities in, in the, the, the surrounding area of Jacksonville. Wow. So that's, it's huge. That's man. cool. It's, I didn't, I didn't realize it. I knew it was mostly charitable, but yeah. I had no idea it was that much. Money yeah, so reason. that's why we do it. So, uh, it was, uh, it was a week to catch up on sleep and everything, but I'm here and we're ready to go and we're actually on the air now. So thank you, Nicole. That's great. Um, and we're going to roll into our first song. I think this is Alan's song. Mark Cohn. Mark Cohn, Walk Through the World. Play that piano. So 
Okay, go ahead and fade it out, Nicole. 
go ahead and turn the microphones on. So now, because I forgot to hit turn the monkey the, button, I'm going to turn gonna be the told microphones on. So I have moved over to Hamilton's microphone. Oh, so I'm not supposed down. Am I supposed to talk like that? Hey, yeah. welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Bourbon Chronicles on WSOS 103.9 right here in wonderful St. Augustine, Florida. Hey, if you have a product or a business that you want us to feature on the show, contact us at info at thebourbonchronicles.com. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, all those things. In fact, we are on Manifest Distilling's Facebook page right now, live on Facebook video. Live. So, uh, so go watch us. Um, that was Mark Cohn, Walk Through the World, that song that we just played. And I love that song. I found that song listening to Pandora, listening to my Bruce Hornsby channel. I'm a big Bruce Hornsby fan. Yeah? Yeah, I like Bruce Hornsby, too. And what about the range? Madeline I range? like the range, all right. Yeah. They're, they're okay. Just you know, Bruce? They're, they're background. background Bruce noise. would be nothing without it's weird. the range. This, this microphone no, is weird. Bruce is this bad. One. Bruce is Just awesome. talk right there? Okay. Uh, so... Anyway. <laughs> I feel like we're a little awkward right now. Are we? Uh, we we hey, move seats. I'm in Hamilton's chair, which I'm. Yeah, I we all like shifted around because uh, because David's here with us. So David, David welcome. Us up. Welcome to the microphone. Thanks, guys. Thanks, uh, <laughs> David Cohn from uh, from Manifest. Uh, we're going to interview him, but first we want to do wise want to know and, and we david's want, participating and david's going to participate so am i the wife in this thing? <laughs> no. no okay that's you're, later only okay. if you want your to wife will be very interested to know your your answers for these questions so am i allowed to talk now is it my turn just wondering fire away <laughs> do you have the volume up <laughs> yes all right then you can talk okay are you, are you alan <laughs> <laughs> brutal right. i was gonna give a fun fact today about alan but you didn't do it what did I you not, always take your shoes off during the show. I, you're right. Always. I just did. That's why. Now we're good. Well, it's now we're good. Now we're glad we can continue on. You All right, feel you ready? It, it feels better in here already. It does. Okay. What was the best thing that happened to you this week? Oh, ooh, this week? Yes. I took, a two, I took a two and a half hour nap. Dump. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I do that every day. That's just normal. No, nap. When did you do that? Yes, because I got home Friday night, which is sometimes we'll do movie night, and Bethany decided to watch um, a Barbra Streisand movie from Netflix, and I'm like, I'm out. And I was so tired from a long week of work. Wait, did she watch that with the kids? Yeah, the girls loved it. Uh, Hello, Dolly. Hello, Dolly. Okay, well, that's different. I mean, I can see her watching. I thought she was just watching it by herself. It, isn't that she, just called sleeping? If yeah. It was at night? It was um, it nap? 7 yeah, o'clock. No, but then if I woke up seven. at like nine thirty, and I'd stayed up till like one thirty watching other like movies, you know, previews for Star trailers, Wars or whatever yeah. trailers. I watched trailers for like two hours. Anyway, nap a huge nap. I never nap. I never get who, who has time for a nap anymore. Speaking of which, and, and we'll get back to this, but what do you think of that the new Star Wars trailer? Hmm. I I don't believe I don't I've, know seen, I've seen it. Well, you just oh no, you watched. You were watching. I was watching old trailers from movies I've seen already. Oh, okay, so, yeah, because that's, that's uh, what people normally do, right? Yeah. Well, I was gonna <laughs> buy. I was gonna buy. I was trying <laughs> Friday night. It, <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. My we brain. are old. Don't, folks. don't dig into <laughs> no, the wrinkles you were, of this brain. You were doing. You were watching Rogue One to see if you were gonna buy the. DVD. Yeah, I'm like, I, I, do I watch? I watch the previews to remember. Do it? Did I? Do I want to buy it? Does it? Is it as good as I thought it? As I remembered it to be in the theater, and I'm. And then I had the volume on like 65. It was shaking the house. Bethany comes out. What's so loud? It was like 130. And you said, hello, And I'm watching previews. Dolly. I'm watching previews of a movie I've already seen. Can't explain that. All right. I'm, so I think the I best the best thing that happened to me this week um, would probably be I took 
Parker to the driving range. So Ooh. he had been asking me. So he went out to TPC with Nicole. Right. Um, Nicole, my wife. And, Parker's your uh, boy. Parker's my son. How old is he? Uh, thank you, Kelly. Parker's 10. There you go. Yeah. Um, so he's since he got kind of the fever of, of golf, I guess. Oh, that sounds better. See, I don't know how to talk in this mic. Um, so um, he had been asking me, Dad, will you take me to the to the range? So Friday afternoon, it looked like it was going to storm. So I didn't, you know, and boy, he asked me like 20 times. And then Saturday morning, he started in on me again. And I, I was kind of dreading it because I wasn't sure how it worked. You know, it's one of those things that you just, I don't do it. So I'm not sure how to do it. So I kind of put it off. And so I just said, you know what? We just went out there. Right. And, um, and it was awesome. How'd he do? He, he did really well. Awesome. So it was, it's cool to, you know, watch him do that. So that was, uh, that was probably the and high your 35th point. In my year of volunteering at the TPC. Maybe <laughs> you'll watch him win. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Alan. I got a new air conditioner. <laughs> Boom. And if and if everyone could have listened, you would have heard that story earlier. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, yeah, that's a joke. They can listen. Yeah, oh, and the podcast. And, right. Yeah, you guys got to listen to the podcast if you missed the first what fifteen twenty minutes of the show. It's know. a marketing ploy to get people to listen to the podcast. You have no idea <laughs> what we're talking about. No, my what? my air conditioner went out last week, mm-hmm. and I called Nicole because I didn't know David's number. At the time, so or I, I texted Nicole, and she put me in touch with David. And uh, David's her husband that works for. And uh, right company. away, I got a new air conditioner. So nice, and we're glad. Thank God. Yeah, David. What about you? Highlight of the week. <sighs> Besides uh, meeting us, yeah. Well, on, you know, and I was going to say, Tuesday. I'm not just saying this, but I felt like when we met up this week, um, everything really came together That's with cool. with a couple upcoming releases. So y- you guys were like. Um, you guys were like the zip tie of the week. Oh, that's nice. Ooh, that's yeah. a good way to put yeah. it. Wow. And we're putting that? a bow on it yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. I feel like, uh, I feel like we accomplished something. <laughs> Can you just turn the microphone back down so we can't ruin the show from here on out? Like <laughs> That's the best it's going to get. And yeah, thanks, that's... everybody, for listening. Drop yeah. the mic. <laughs> <laughs> now, we, uh, we all met up for dinner and some conversation at Manifest Distillery on Tuesday, and um, we had a blast. Thanks for having us to the the distillery that was by great the having you guys out yeah and, and uh had some good pizza man i'd never had v's pizza before i can't stop thinking about yeah, it. yeah that place is great it's good yeah. really good pizza yeah, and, what was the one that you guys ordered that was so good greek something i forget but did be the buffety yep no it was the meat pizza yeah meat pizza it's called meat it's way more elegant italian it wasn't the one that was hot that will like the one that was hot i it wasn't the hot one wasn't bad but the meat one was great and then the wings and the wings. Yeah, the yes. wings, wings are really are good. good, too. I paid for that the next day. Though, yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. The hot ones were hot the, the day after as well. <laughs> they sure were. Still hot. Still hot. Alan, <laughs> let's do a bourbon salute. Oh, so our our bourbon salute this week goes to teachers because it's going to be the last day of school on, what, uh, Wednesday? So the kids are here in St. John's County anyway. Kids are out of school on Wednesday, and we wanted to say thank you to all the wonderful teachers that are doing such a great job out thank there. Thank you. Of teaching awesome. our children. Yes. Children. children. I, I can't believe school's out already. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's uh, it's only Sunday. Like two more days. It might as well be out. Like, tomorrow's a pajama day at school. Uh, like, what yeah. A, what if your work... Too. Yeah? Pajama what if work, work was like, hey, at, at the distillery, everybody wear your pajamas on Monday. We could do that. You could. You all could do that. You mm-hmm. could get away with it. Yeah. Do you have, like, safety, res- like, OSHA, right. would they come in right, and say, the hey, what is up with the pajamas? Yeah. Well, I mean, as guys, we probably just sleep in like right sleep shorts, boxers. Yeah, 
I can't sleep with a shirt on, so I come to work with boxer shorts on. That's no good. Yeah, that nobody was, wants to see that. That's uh, human resources issue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, OSHA HR. wouldn't even get involved at that point. You got to put on these onesies, like what are they called? The new um, uh, jumpers. Romp him. Romp him. Romp him. Male rompers. And did you see that? If thing? anybody out there listening to this podcast will send us four, if you can find a romper that fits <laughs> Alan, oh I will God. buy it. And we'll wear them. We'll wear rompers on the what show. Was it, a Caribbean connection out at the beach. They it's have that, them? It's, no, it's like next week. Male rompers coming. Oh, really? Which could be a joke. No, no. But either way, I, it's no. There's well a, played. We found a buddy of ours, Mark, uh, sent a Kickstarter page to us, and it was a uh, Kickstarter campaign called "Romp Him" instead of "Romp Her," and it needed ten grand. It was like three hundred thousand dollars. No way! It was wow. something crazy. Yeah, you saw it, didn't you? I did. Yeah. It was they had videos and the guys jumping around. And they were did loafers. you see the the story about all the celebrities that are going around claiming they're the first ones that ever that, that wore the romper and <laughs> every they, baby is the first person to wear like it's a onesie. Well, but somebody posted a bunch of pictures of James Bond back in the day when it was uh, who was it? I can't remember which James Bond the, uh-huh. uh, it was, but he was wearing a romper in yeah. one of the movies. Romp him. Uh, well, I don't think they call or it the old boxer guys that used to like just stand with their fists up. And, yeah, like, I saw something that said, "You, are, we can't act like Steve. What was his name? Steve Irwin didn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was wearing rest them. in peace. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of rest in peace, too soon. Too we soon, should guys. talk about uh, Chris Cornell real quick. Mm. Heavy. Oh, it's heavy. Alan, Alan loves it when we when we uh, celebrity Alan, worship. Alan told us we are not going to celebrity worship on this show. He was very clear about that uh, via text. But Kelly and I picked. Two Chris Cornell songs. Well, and David, because I, I, I texted David, because you originally, I gave you my song, and then I had to take it back, because I said, we got to play Chris Cornell, I'm sorry. So I'm playing your song next week, by the way. Totally understood. Bob Dylan's song. But you said, yeah, that that voice is the soundtrack of, I think, your move out west, you said? You yeah. Moved from- yeah, when I moved from uh, Florida to Los Angeles, that was that period of time. It was like 2000. One is that the is that audio yeah. slave? It was audio slave. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's, what was that like? When the sound garden and... was in you know, high school and stuff, but yeah, still right. that audio slave just like, latched onto that. So I, Black Hole Sun to me, super unknown album. Yeah. Well, but just that song alone is probably number. Oh man, it's like one top five, definitely top five, <laughs> maybe of songs. Period. Really? Definitely. Yes, I love that song, and I, the video is haunting. You remember that video of the. The, you remember the Black Hole yeah. Sun video yeah. on MTV? I, that's the when I the first time I heard that song was via the video. Yeah, um, remember MTV? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember when they that? had videos? Remember when they played videos? Now there's Vivo. So what, you, I'm sure everybody has heard the story, but in, in you know it's apparent suicide. We're not completely sure. You're skeptical about. I'm very skeptical himself. about that. I know he took uh, two out of van before, and his wife he called us or his wife called him, and he was slurring his speech, and um, so there's. So what are you trying to say? Are, are you insinuating that somebody killed him? Oh, no, no, no. I think, well, Ativan, one of the side effects of Ativan is suicidal thoughts. So I, I'm not, I just, I have trouble believing no. that he went with the thought that he was going to kill himself uh, after his concert on Wednesday night. Yeah. Yeah, but that closing song. I know. Was, I did you watch the that. last 10 minutes? It's bad. I didn't it's, see it. It's rough. I yeah, just heard about it. He's really slurry. He was here in Jacksonville for Rockville. Yeah. Like two or three weeks ago, and was crisp and clean. A, a good friend of ours, Derek, ha- had videos of it, and I-, I compared the two. I'm like, look at this, and then look at his show. What was it, Tuesday night or Wednesday, Wednesday night. night? And he was a mess on stage. It, it the could whole be band a coincidence, was a but it's just one of those. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those a weird coincidences. And for me, I mean, I hate to say it this way, I wasn't like all shook up about 
him in particular. It's very sad that he that he either that he died a or took his own life. But it was about all the music took me back to because Super Unknown that whole album never left my CD player at, my, at the end of my freshman year of college, which so was that was pivotal, 93, 94, 94 right. pivotal moment in my life. Cause I had gone away from home and kind of started putting my big boy pants on and growing up and figuring out who I was and stuff. So what year did their, oh, sorry, what their was that? first album come out? 94. No, it was before then because yeah. I was in the Navy listening to those guys. Do you know Kelly? Nope. When, 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 when super unknown came out, that was their, no, that was 94. Was that their first? I don't know. It was mother finger. I think Bad Motor Finger was their first. Okay. It had Rusty Cage on it. Right. Yeah, okay. I, Have you I, heard Johnny Cash? Oh, I sent that oh, to yeah, you guys. Wow, yeah. that was good. Yeah. Anyway, I, I just before, but I yeah. actually celebrated the music this week. I listened to it a lot on the drive to work and home. And I was like, yeah, this is from, I feel like I'm 20 again listening to these these songs. So, you know, it's sad that he's gone. A brilliant musician. We saw him do his acoustic set here last year at the Florida Theater. And knocked it out of the park it's one of the best concerts yeah, I, I've I ever kicked seen. myself for not going unbelievable the guys was extremely talented so where would you rank him uh from the 90s to 2000 that that genre of grunge alternative uh so that, so that would include you know pearl jam for me Nirvana, number one as the lead singer you think he's number one I better than Eddie better yeah i do for me he was david do you I think he's in the top five <laughs> top five. <laughs> We've determined that top five is the easy way out. I, I mean, because I mean, for a lead man, Kurt Cobain, you can't. He wasn't really much of a lead lead man. I mean, he it, the reason why he did so well is because it was so new, and he brought that. He changed the scene of music. Yeah. But Chris Cornell's range, yeah, compared to, and then he was. Someone in, told me he had an eight octave voice. Right. I didn't look that up. It was on Google, so it must be true. It's but, definitely true. But that's crazy. That's operatic. So, um, uh, Billy Corgan's got to be up there. Right. Oh, yeah. So, he was, yeah, instrumental. Yeah. From um, Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. yeah. But the thing about Chris Cornell is he was in Audio Slave and Temple of the Dog, which I forgot they did that song, I'm Going Hungry. Yeah, that's Temple of the Dog with, yeah. with Eddie Vedder. So he had, he had Soundgarden. No, that's he had not his, Eddie Vedder. Oh, yeah, Temple of the Temple Dog. Temple of the Dog was yeah. him and Pearl Jam, Soundgarden and Pearl Jam. But um, so he had, he had a solo career that was extremely successful. He had a Soundgarden career, had Audio Slave. Then he had the acoustic set that he did where he did everyone's music. Which is crazy. Yeah. But. So I, I, I would definitely put him one or two. Um, and I, because of his passing, I was listening to his music. I found this song. Uh, it was on his latest uh, solo album. It's called. Um, Did you just say album again? He said album again. Daggone it, guys. I'm trying You're to be serious. It. Uh, it's called it's called Dead Wishes. Uh, it's it spoke to me. It's a great song. Uh, rest in peace, brother. I hope you. Uh, I hope you. Uh, hope you live the life in the way you want to. You wanted to live it. Yep.
11. Everybody's on. Welcome back. Uh, You're listening to the Bourbon Chronicles on WSOS 103.9 here in beautiful St. Augustine where we thought it would rain, but I guess we got a little rain. For about 10 minutes. Jeez, man, we need rain. Enough to make it a sauna outside. Yeah. Did the fire stop? Up north in Jordan, Okefenokee. Is that done? mm, Is it still going? I think it's still going. It's not blowing this way, so (laughs) we kind of forgot. So so David, are we on your Facebook? Is that where we're streaming? We're streaming on the uh, Manifest Facebook page. Okay. So we're streaming live on uh, the Manifest Facebook. David Cohen is is in the studio with us from Manifest Distillery. He is the owner... um, I guess you do it all, pretty much, right? You you you're a mixologist and or not or what do you call it? A um, what's the word I'm looking for? Distiller. Distiller. No, but what the what you the taste like you put anyway. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks for helping me out. What, everybody, Alex, no, on this phone. To help hey, we're you. on a radio show. I'm here. looking right at you, and I cannot figure out oh, what. Wait, what? what? So. Anyway, yes, to answer your question, I do yes, it all, but, do it, all. Taste but tester? it but it is not alone. Taste I mean, I mean we have a, we have a great team behind us. So but, you have yeah. three other guys uh, that are part well, our of our staff's about 12. Okay. T- total staff, like pe- people that are there, you know, every day or every other day working to help the the machine run. So So where did the name come from? Um the name came from uh, two things. First of all, we knew we didn't want to um kind of pigeonhole ourselves into being this this very geographically specific brand which is why we didn't go with like duval distillery or something right however duval. we're very there you go see right. and that was actually a contender early on i mean a lot of pride behind yeah, our yeah, city right. um but we are proud of it it says jacksonville florida on our label very boldly i grew up here so we're very proud of that but we wanted a name that would have a, a broader more uh more wide appeal right. uh, so that's, that's why we went with manifest for one reason um uh, well I, I should say manifest met that qualification right and then and then the, the way we found f- fell into that word was this idea of, i come from a very creative background so it was this idea of um, i wanted to build a team of people that would uh, collaborate and contribute to creating something mm-hmm. and this concept of manifesting something really seemed to embody that right so you've got this group of people this group of minds that would come together would manifest a, a, a product or cool. a project or a brand. So the, the the three other guys, did you guys know each other before? No, that, that's a funny story. There, there was one other guy um, in, in town, uh, Bob Smith, a good friend of mine, um, used to run Grape and Grain, um, really talented dude who's my age, has been in the industry a long time. And him and I started uh, talking about, you know, doing this idea of a distillery. And uh, he we started researching that, you know, because uh, – in the U.S., we have a three-tier system, which means you cannot be a producer, a, a, a reseller, and a distributor. You can't have a common ownership in any of those three interests. Mm. So the fact that he had ownership in some uh, bars and, and such package stores, he could not own. No, no, no member of his family, no relative could own wow. an interest, and that's, that's a federal law. So that go so, all the way back. Not even a member of his family? So like if his... Wow, well, as I understand it, the way that the statute reads is right. is no related party, which and that is very vague. All, that goes all the way back to prohibition law. That, I think that came from prohibition, right? Yeah, yeah. they, they said, never okay, changed it. You can sell booze again, but we're going to establish this three tier system. But so the way that came about is we we uh, found some guys that had done some alcohol compliance law, and they looked into it for us and basically discovered that he couldn't be a part of it. Um, and then shortly after that. 
um, they stepped up and said, hey, since that didn't work out, we'd, we'd be really interested. And I, to this day, I always wonder, was that a scheme of those two guys? <laughs> Maybe oh, I don't even they know got the law is. We figured it out. No, no. That <laughs> you guys are busted. Couldn't be true. So um, I'm sorry. Go so ahead. that's okay. So we, we have, I have two other operational partners uh, that, that both are attorneys by the day. And um, and then we have a, a a team of investors too that came together to put this together. I, I mean, it's I mean, it's a dream, right? I mean, we I would lay in bed and think about doing what you're doing. Uh, your background is that you went to L.A. You were in television, and uh, t- tell me what you did before you did this. Sure. So uh, <coughs> my, my background, as I mentioned earlier, my background is mostly creative. Um, started in front of the camera, acting, moved behind the camera, production, documentary, film work. Um, went to cool. school in Orlando, grew up here, Jacksonville, um, went to school in Orlando, went out to Los Angeles for about 10 years. That that led me into the publishing side of things. Um, got did you do anything with Disney when you were in Orlando? No, I don't think I did. No, I didn't. Good, because they would have gotten their claws into you, yeah. and you would still be there as like, I would have never left. goofy or something. Yeah, <laughs> be in, a, in a suit. The, the pixie dust would not <laughs> just have yeah. be in a suit. Disney is still be in the Cinderella dress. <laughs> Disney is the greatest. I told you that was off limits. <laughs> um, so we went out to LA and we we did that thing, and then and then um, I grew up as a as a kid in in around hospitality. My grandfather uh, started a whole chain of hospitality uh, businesses down in the Caribbean in Aruba, and so as a kid nice. we went down there a bunch to to visit my family, and we would stay and get roped into doing stuff around the the hotel and his businesses and. Um, and then, obviously, if you're in the entertainment industry, it also means that you're in the hospitality industry because all this time right. when you don't have work, yeah. that's how you kind of pay the bills. That, that sounds sexy, but I would imagine because you're in the hospitality side, you, you think Aruba, but you're working right all the yeah. time. When everyone wants to be off on vacation, right. you're at the peak of your work life. Right. So well, that, my dad lived there for a while, my, my yeah. dad and mom, and, and I think they spent six or eight years there and it got to the point where we got to get it. and my mom was like yeah. either either i'm going or we're going mm-hmm. but i'm going yeah you know kind of thing it's a small island you yeah. know you get island fever you want to get out of there so you move back here and then what made you take the first step in doing what you're doing now that's a valid question thing <laughs> is how the creative background is totally irrelevant yeah. to uh, yeah. the chemistry of making whiskey but um so I moved back after my grandfather passed away and um, came back to help my dad kind of sort through some stuff with, with, his, with the estate and all that business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was still involved in that publishing business at the time. Um, my partner, from that point, we decided to kind of split ways. He wanted something different for the company. Um, and I was doing some commercial real estate with my father. And I really felt this pull to get back into hospitality, into food and beverage somehow, and just started – you know, had always been fascinated with spirits. My grandfather also owned a chain of liquor stores in Florida. And um, and so I just started kind of kicking all these things over, looking underneath them, figuring it out. I made myself take um, a couple months off work and not choose a direction. Mm-hmm. I'm the kind of person that it was like I'd bounce from one thing to the other, like right. just always doing something, doing, doing, doing. Mm-hmm. And that was probably the hardest thing was like don't do anything. Just right. sit, be Research, right? Do your homework, but yeah. but don't choose a direction. And what came out of that was was the decision to, to open a distillery, and that was really stemmed from everything I just told you, and also the fact that I grew up here and I really I, I wanted to do something for Jacksonville. That you know, I was going to raise my family here. That's I cool. wanted to bring something, you know, things that I had seen back to the city, and and uh, you, you have yeah, and you have one son. I do right? six, six year old. old? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So first of all, for those of you all, it, it's uh, the location is right across the street from. 
uh, the baseball stadium where the jumbo shrimp play. Jumbo um, shrimp, and it's by intuition. First and it's Nation. A, it's a beautiful. <laughs> it's a beautiful place. Uh, it we, is. We met uh, David there earlier this week. Uh, so if you're around that area, you need to go and take a tour because it's really cool. Um, so you guys, did you start with the vodka and then j- vodka and gin, and then move into the uh, bourbon with uh, what was it MPG or? Um, the uh, oh, MGP. MGP yes. Yeah, so the, the way the product kind of rolled out is that, that one of the dirty little secrets, maybe it's not a secret anymore, is vodka is kind of referred to as Chateau Cashflow in the craft <laughs> industry because, you know, you're, you're basically subsidizing your whiskey production. Right. You know, wh- whisk, young whiskey is not great. It just doesn't taste good. Um, right. it, it, that's my opinion. Maybe some people love it. I don't know. But um, so, you know, we knew we had to make a vodka. Vodka is still the number one most consumed spirit inside the United States, hmm. um, number two in the world. Hmm. So people still drink What's it. What's number one in the world? Uh, it's a sochu, which is a sochu or baiju. Or yeah, it's a, I, know, it's a, I know what it is. It's, it's basically rice vodka. Yeah. Um, but it's oh. very it's a very crude. Not all of it is, but the, the, the majority of what is drank over um, in that kind of eastern part of the world is is that um yeah Yeah, it just shows you they have a lot of people over there so how quickly can you turn that around i mean vodka can be turned around in a week that's it yeah from distillation you distill one day you proof and rest then you bottle in a day or two and it's note to self making own vodka from (laughs) well you know so a big thing about (laughs) a big thing about you know what we do is is we want to be educating the consumer and i think an important part of like your point about vodka is um, it is quick to make. It's it's not. It's science. It's hardcore science. You're making ethanol, mm-hmm. and um, you know, with vodka, you shouldn't ever be paying more than forty five dollars a bottle for vodka because mm-hmm. the bottom line is it's not that difficult to make. Right. As long as you have a good clean starch source, you have a good clean fermentation, you have a good clean distillation, you're going to end up with a good product. Interesting. Yeah. So we're gonna listen to so pop, kelly's pop, pop sound like garden song and uh and we'll uh come back with david uh in the last segment
Welcome back. You're listening to the Bourbon Chronicles on WSOS 103.9 FM here in St. Augustine, Florida. You're not supposed to be that good at that. You're making whiskey and gin. You it's just, just, just because I've had whiskey. Man, stop it. <laughs> now he's a radio bad. personality. Whiskey is the courage juice. we got to stop bringing people in the studio that are way better at this than we <laughs> yes, are. Absolutely. I mean, we have Bill in. He's all smart and handsome. David's here, smart and handsome, making whiskey. I mean, now he's got making a radio. Whiskey. Making that was whiskey. The only making rye, making statement. bourbon, making gin, making vodka. And I'm over here making Brussels, Brussels sprouts. sprouts. Mm. Wait, guys, I have I have this other copy. You've told me I have to read. I, I feel like I would be cheating if I didn't read it. Yeah, you can uh, you can just nix it unless you want to read. Well, read, it's read. An important part of the show. Is you, if you guys have a product or business, you got to hit these guys up. Info at thebourbonchronicles.com. They are on all the social medias. Um, you can all find them. them. Yep, all seventeen of them. Okay, that's it. And by the way, we have nice. a Spotify playlist. So all the songs that we we play, we put on a playlist on Spotify. So is that under Bourbon Chronicles? It's at it's on our website. You just go down. We have our social media links down at the bottom of the uh, page, bottom of all the pages. So if you go to any page on our website, um, you can uh, go down to the bottom, scroll all the way to the bottom, and our social media links are there. Kelly, I am sipping on the rye. What does that say? Hand me that bottle. Rye lullaby? What? Right, right, Ooh, so, but, good, rye whiskey. Uh, I couldn't see it. It was across so, the rye lullaby. But we got we have food. Yeah. So talk about your food real quick. We're going to do that now? Well, just talk about it, and then I'm going to go back to Dave. I took some uh, Brussels sprouts, quartered them. Actually, Bethany helped me prep, prep it. And we roasted them in, on the big green egg in a cast iron skillet with bacon chunks and covered it in the daddle zest that you love. Nice. And they don't smell great because they're Brussels sprouts. And the studio right now smells like flatulence. So however, we have five however, people in this studio. It's kind of warm in here already. Huh? And so now if anybody it smells has, like... Everybody has to let the one ride right now? Uh, this go is, ahead, because well, nobody will ever... That's nobody for Paris, will be able to tell. Um so Dave, so you guys uh, blended a bourbon at first, right? Um, can you talk about that a little? Right. So we have two whiskeys, uh, which we t- the first one we touched on earlier. It's called the Manifest Whiskey Project. We did that as think of it as um, for all the big bourbon listeners out there. Think of it as um, uh, Smooth Ambler's Old Scout. What Old Scout mm-hmm. is to Smooth Ambler. So we came up with this MWP Manifest Whiskey Project, which is we do it every year. I say that because we've done it once, so that means I have to do it again. But we're, it's an annual limited release bourbon. So the one that we were drinking earlier, that's a 10-year-old high rye bourbon, came from MGP, which is the old Seagram's facility up in Lawrenceburg. We bought it at nine years old, brought it in, um, finish aged it, and then blended it. And so that that project, when these are done, they're done. That's it. We, have, we right. had 12 barrels, and we, we don't have a lot left. We I mean, that's the goal, sell through it. And then year two, year three, they're all different. Can you talk about that? I mean, did you go around? How did that? Did you taste the different barrels to, to blend it? What was that like? I'm going to need you to draw that question out a little bit more because oh, I'm just having <laughs> a Brussels sprout. This house of Brussels sprout. By the way. Said no one are, on radio ever. Awesome. Yeah? Yes. Who good. knew? So these are really good. With I'm, the I'm bacon. sitting here eating a Brussels sprout with daddle pepper sauce on it. Yeah. I use the that, the old St. Augustine daddle pepper sauce as the dip, too. Man. So, this mm. stuff is fanatic, uh, fantastic. Fanatic. 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 It's fanatic also, also fanatical. Get in there. Okay, so what was your question? So did you guys like sit around and taste the different barrels to mix? Uh, how, how did that How did that happen? Or how did so that the, work? The, the bourbon market from a, a smaller craft distiller end is, is, well, in general, is treated like a c- commodity. So we get contacted by brokers all the time mm-hmm. and send us samples of whiskey that it gets out into the open market. So... So what we do is we get samples every other week of 
small lots of barrels, 10, 12, 20, 40, 50 barrels that are too small for any of the large producers to do something with. So those, that it's great. That's perfect for yeah, me, right. right? That's the perfect size. And then, so we, we taste stuff all the time. And this one we came across was just a really, it was a unique, their high rye mash bill. I'm a big rye fan. That's what we're producing. We felt like this was a good introduction for the project. So full disclosure, I'll set it before on the show. I am not a rye fan and I really like this. So explain why I might like, cause I like sweet. Uh-huh. I like smoky. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I like a little burn, but not too much. And but I I really enjoy this. Okay, it's, so now and this is so you guys did your own right that mm-hmm. you're going to release in July, July fifteenth, mm-hmm. um, and that's what Kelly's talking about right now. And by the way, so we were in Kelly's literal kitchen last night, and we were talking about tasting this because right. we didn't taste it when we were at your place. And uh, and our, the, a couple of the wives were there, and they, we were nervous that it wasn't going to be good, and we didn't, we weren't going to know what to say. But I'm telling you, it's legitimately good. Yeah, it's. I'm telling it's you, very good. Yeah, we wouldn't lie about it. So if I didn't like a rye, and I said it before on the show, I'm, just, I'm not a big rye fan. That's but really I absolutely good. love the taste of this. It's I, I, am, I would I look right very you. different. I would look right at you and say it's good. I am a rye fan. I would, and I would say <laughs> this goes great with a cocktail. Put put some lemonade in it and some. No, it's good. I am a rye fan, Syrup. and I, I think a lot of ryes are, are just a little too strong. Uh, but there are a few that I really like a lot. This is the best rye I've ever had. Thank you. I, Thank and you. I'm not just making that up. I'm not just saying that because you're here. Right. So wink, wink. So you, <laughs> how many how many barrels of this particular rye that we're sampling right now are you and I guess waiting to be finished? Sure. Well, and I'll answer your first question. You said, why sure. do you like it so much? Okay. So the, the, the kind of our core product line, the two things we were most excited about making was our gin and our rye whiskey. Um, I'm a huge rye fan personally. It's mm. one of my, my, it's my go-to for whiskey. Mm. Um, and so we came up with a mash bill that is a weeded rye. So it's a 40% wheat, 60% rye mash bill, which is kind of unique. There's not a lot out there on the market, especially not on the, the much larger market at large. Um, so that may be it. Wheat tends to soften a spirit up a little bit, gives mm. you a little bit of the tropical notes, maybe a little caramelized banana, uh, charred pineapple, that kind of thing. Right. Um, but that that's kind of how our rye came about. Um, this, what you're tasting today, we have 20 barrels. Um, we've got probably 75, 85 barrels in house right now. Um, this first release, first batch, we'll call it, we'll, okay. it it's about all the same age, be mm. about 20 barrels. And how many? So. That's limited, obviously. It's right. A, it's a would they be considered small small batch? Small batch. 20, well, 20 it's barrels? all the same mash bill. Like all, the, we, we're constantly making it right. Okay. But then we have these chunks, these pockets that are of age, and we have to wait for that next section to kind of graduate. So we'll release ten barrels this time. <laughs> How many bottles does a barrel make? Uh, we'll uh, breaking it back down. This first, these first twenty, um, without getting super nerdy on you, these first twenty or thirty gallon barrels. There's a reason for that, but um, the first ten that we release will be about two and a half pallets. It'll be about 250 cases, okay. six-pack cases. Okay. What I'm trying to get to is it's not going to be around for long, number one, because it's good. Number right. two, because you're producing in limited quantity. Sure. So so when we were there, you were talking about how it, it maybe matured quicker than you thought because of the weather here in Florida? Yeah, there's not a lot of historical data on aging whiskey, uh, legally aging whiskey in Florida. Legally. Right. And uh, <laughs> so we are, you know, us and, and a few other that are in the state that are experimenting and, and doing uh, aged whiskeys, uh, we're writing history, essentially. We're, we're figuring out how this is done and 
you know, we have uh, the same summer weather that, that Kentucky has, but we have it nine months out of the year right. down here. So that accelerated heat, super high humidity does play a huge impact on aging. So right. we're, we're learning as we go. Do we know how much it's going to – have you put a price point on what you're going to sell the bottles for? So uh, we're going to be in the mid-40s. We're shooting for a target retail price of about $45. Really? And we want it to be affordable. You yeah. know, uh, the Whiskey Project is a real limited high-end thing. We want this to be the kind of thing that it could be your everyday drink and rye. Thank we want you. it to be affordable to a cocktail yes. program so yes. you could make a Boulevardier with it. And, and it, you know. Part, part of my issue is that I'm, I'm getting used to rye. Like I mentioned before, I'm not a huge fan, so but I'd like to try different ones. But you go in and they're $60, $70. Right. Like the Angel's Envy rye. I love Angel's Envy bourbon, but their rye is, I think, 70 bucks. So I'm not just going to drop down 70 bucks if I'm not sure if I like it or not. Right. So. Well, well, this is better. This, this is, is better than the Angel's Envy Rye, so don't waste your money. Boom. Wow, but also, that? at a 40, at a 40, yeah, where's the button? Oh, yeah. Let me Alan. So, hey, real quick. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about rye whiskey here, which I'm a big fan of, especially yours. But do you have a plan to make a regular bourbon, a, a non-rye bourbon we've in the played, future? We've played around with it. Yeah, we have a couple barrels right now that we've laid up just to see how it, it ages. You know. Corn is a is a very popular crop here. Rye is not. Mm. There is some rye that grows in Florida. We weren't crazy about that as a crop. Um, we are also an organic facility. Um, we're the first uh, licensed organic producer in the state of Florida really? as a distillery. Nice. So the rye whiskey, what you guys are trying today, and what we'll, we'll what we will always be producing as a rye will be organic. So it's um, healthy for me. It is. Good. It actually makes you a better person. It may- <laughs> it's cleansing <laughs> cleansing my soul. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> so. Can I ask, what's the price of of all this? Like, how, can you make money on this? I mean, at, at the, I hope from, so. from the barrel, <laughs> from the from the from buying the barrel charity. to the tax to you know everything else. I mean, who gets a percentage of what at the end? Yeah, I mean, you know, so how much percentage do we get? I think that's what you <laughs> You guys get, get free um, free n- negative five percent. You guys get the the riding high from drinking the bourbon. <laughs> there you go. The angel shit. You guys get good times, <laughs> and that's priceless. Uh, I think that what you're going after is is how much goes into a bottle, right? So we yeah. pay thirteen and a half dollar federal excise tax for every gallon of alcohol we make. Wow. So what that works out to be is roughly every six bottles of vodka. I pay thirteen and a half dollars in federal excise tax. Then I also pay a state excise tax for things that I sell out of my tasting room. Um, so once you start, uh, roughly, let's just take vodka for example. Six pack of vodka costs me about twenty dollars in taxes, just mm. federal and state excise taxes. Jeez. So then you start subtracting out your cap, your tamper tape, your label, your bottle. You start subtracting all these little items. You know, you're, you're not a lot left ends up going into the juice. So when you see a $9 bottle of vodka on the shelf, kind of the adage of you pay for what you get holds very true. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, if you want to drink 50 cent juice, drink 50 cent juice, but don't be mad when you feel like crap tomorrow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> very true. Very true. So out of, out of everything, when all is said and done, um, what's going to be your, uh, your swan song? Uh, what's going to be your legacy? Is it going to be the gin or vodka? Is it going to be the whiskey? Is it going to be uh, what you guys uh, mix together? I mean, our, our flagship products are definitely the, the vodka, the gin, and the rye whiskey. That's kind of our cornerstone. We're making that. We want it to be an evergreen product always on the shelf. But I think from the, the legacy standpoint, I mean, that's, a, that's an important question. I want the, I want the brand of what we're mm-hmm. creating to kind of supersede all of that and be synonymous with 
um, with transparency and education. Our, our big thing is teaching people why they like to drink, what they like to drink. Yeah. Like you like that rice so much, maybe it's because it's weeded. Yeah. I don't want you to leave our tasting room and say, I'm only drinking, I'm only drinking man right. potato vodka. Right. Maybe you liked it because it's potato. There's other good potato vodkas out there. I mean, you know, th- it, there's plenty of fish in the sea to experiment with. So right. we want to hope to be that educational, uh, you know, and, corner. And, and to be honest, too, what, what are, some of the things we found on this show is that the more you get to know somebody that's behind the business is the more you might or an experience you have with that particular spirit. You like it that much more. Yeah, Just like a Chris true. Cornell song. It's not necessarily about him. It's about where I was when that experience. music came out. It's about where yeah, I, like I was you the did there, first buddy. time I opened up a bottle of uh, your rye. And and we appreciate your hospitality this week at the distillery. Yeah. And um, I'll, I'll you're, be You're a fan. nailing it, man. You're nailing it with yeah, this rye this stuff. Thank you. stuff, man. Thank you, I'm guys. jealous that um, we can't share it with the whole country because we're going to buy all of it up. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're, if if you're uh, in the area, definitely go check the distillery out. That's across the street from... Uh, the uh, the baseball grounds, David. Thank you for driving down here and spending time with us. Thank you. We'll uh, do this again. And this July fun. July fifteenth, right? July fifteenth. This rye is going to be so. Released. Yeah, July fifteenth. We're going to release this. We'd love to have you guys out on that day. Maybe awesome. you can maybe you could judge a cocktail competition for us yes. or something. We're in. You heard it here first. Nice. We're gonna do it. Hey, everybody! Thank you for hanging on to your weekend with us.